0: Aloha! I'm Soul, your host and founder of Soul University. Are the holidays less than a happy time for you? If so, it's time to add more happiness by joining us in this series. We have not only a lecture, but a live class. Each class provides time to laugh, vent, some frustrations. I invite you to join us to navigate the holiday season with a lot more confidence. Follow the registration instructions to join us for our weekly, live, lively conference call classroom. Get ready for some wonderful laughs, some ah ahas, all from the comfort of your phone. I look forward to meeting you and to being of service. And now, time for class. As we dive into week three, we tackle a topic that it's appropriate, I think, Every given hour of every given day, it's that balancing act that we come up against between giving and receiving. I'm going to share with you a couple of different ways to look at that balance so that you're clear how to get back in balance. For what it's worth, imagine the old-fashioned playground teeter-totter. Do you know what a teeter-totter looks like? It's basically one long plank. It has a fulcrum in the middle. One person gets on either end and you jump up and down and you teeter-totter back and forth, up and down and up and down and up and down. For the purposes of this class, on one end of the teeter-totter, put Motivations the concept of motivations, and on the other end, we're going to put expectations, especially during the holiday season. I'd like you to consider how often do your motivations leave you a little bit in the lurch on expectations. For example... You might be motivated to purchase a beautiful, yummy, delightful, extraordinarily expensive gift. You're motivated to do so for whatever reason. Maybe you love someone dearly. Maybe it's a matter of you're sucking up to somebody. The larger the gift, have you noticed, you might have the larger of the expectation. Have you ever taken a look at that? Whatever the motivation is, however motivated I am to do something. It's very easy to fall into a trap that the more motivated I am to do something, the more I may have expectations brewing, bubbling, waiting to explode. Now, at this time of year, it's, again, it's so easy to feel motivated, especially when it comes to things like time, energy, the concept of compassion, giving and receiving with the teeter-totter of motivations and expectations. If you've noticed that it's absolutely impossible to give more than you receive. I cannot give more than I receive, and a very easy way to put this into practice, experience it right now, is that is taking a deep breath. No matter how much I might breathe in, I can only breathe out what I've breathed in. I can breathe in a little, breathe out a little. Breathe in a little, breathe out a lot. I'm out of balance. Breathe in a lot, breathe out a little. I'm still out of balance. But what I've learned over years of doing a lot of breathing exercises is the more I practice breathing, conscious breathing, I can actually take in more air, which gives me more energy. So back to our teeter-totter, motivations, expectations. Grab a piece of paper and a pencil. Start jotting down. What are you motivated to do this holiday season? What are some of those things you feel called to do? What are you motivated to do? Largely because the motivation there is most likely a reward. Yeah, motivations are generally fueled by a reward or... (laughs) If you want to look at the glass half empty sort of thing, you might look at motivations being fueled by wanting to avoid punishment. So you might be told if you don't get a certain thing done by a certain time, you're going to be punished in some form or fashion. It might cost you more money. An opportunity might end. So you're motivated to get it done before that punishment may kick in. So what are you motivated to do in December, January, and February? Let's take a three-month look. What are the top five things that you are finding yourself motivated to do? Once you have those top five things, let's break it down. This is the old project manager in me, folks. (laughs) Yeah, I was one of those project managers. Get out the old outline or spreadsheet or whatever it is that works for you. I know a number of people use a bunch of post-it notes. They put their ideas on one post-it note that's in a particular color, and then they put the steps to do what they need to do to get that task done on different post-it note colors. Whatever works for you to plan this out, but whatever your top five things that you feel motivated to do, are you motivated to get more healthy? Are you motivated to be more compassionate, possibly address Things like anger, fear, jealousy. What are you motivated to do this upcoming three months? I would really encourage you to just pick one out of the five that you come up with. Because one, I have a sneaking suspicion is going to be more than enough. So once you find that one thing that you're really strongly motivated in doing, and the classic example, of course, at the beginning of the New Year's is what? Get healthier. Get healthier. Now, for those of you who are really already healthy, might it be that you might become a little more compassionate, starting with yourself. But as you find out what you're motivated to do, you have a strong motivation to accomplish it. What are you willing to give? Start breaking it down. Let's think binary. So you've got your topic, I think, for Simplicity's sake, let's just use the classic New Year's, you want to get more healthy. What do you have to start giving to become more healthy? Start listing those things. Maybe you have to give yourself more time when it comes to shopping for more healthier food and preparing that healthier food. So you may have to give more time towards your attention about food and everything related to it. Secondary. Receiving. What do you need to receive to get healthier? Do you need help? My goodness, ladies and gentlemen, there are so many qualified professionals out there that are just waiting for you to ask them to help you. If you need help getting more healthy because you're stressed out all the time, maybe it has nothing to do about what you're stuffing in your mouth, it has more to do with what you're stuffing in your eyes and what you're stuffing in your ears... If that's the case, seek out help. Learn how to receive help. So we're going to caveat just for a moment here and look at that teeter-totter again. Remember, we set it up with motivations and expectations. We'll get to expectations in just a minute, but I'm going to have a secondary little teeter-totter going. (laughs) That secondary little teeter-totter is the teeter-totter of giving and receiving on a scale of 1 to 10. You have probably have heard this in my other classes before. Let's revisit this. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being hate it, 10 being love it. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rank yourself on the concept of giving? Do you hate giving? Or do you love giving? Where do you fall in there on a scale of 1 to 10? Same thing with receiving. On a scale of 1 to 10, do you Just hate receiving something from someone? Or do you love receiving something from someone? What's your scores? One of the reasons why I think most people suffer from an extraordinary imbalance between giving and receiving, and I say this because I've done so many workshops and seminars and programs and online classes, and I ask people the same questions on a scale of 1 to 10 when it comes to giving and receiving. It seems to be the norm folks love to give. Do you love to give? Is it really fun for you to give? Do you get a sense of joy or accomplishment? Are you motivated to give because it does bring you joy? On the flip side, when it comes to receiving, there is this notion that we have. It's called our intuition. And one of the things that makes us reluctant, one of the things that makes me reluctant to receive is if I sense there's a hidden agenda when somebody's offering me something. Now that hidden agenda can be an expectation. See how this is beginning to weave together? If somebody's offering me something and I really want to receive it, but yet my gut is saying, eh, I don't know, there might be an expectation there. There might be an IOU. There may be a string attached to that. It behooves me to ask, is there a string attached to that? And sometimes a person who's offering something, they may have absolutely no clue that way deep down unconsciously, yeah, they're attaching a string, and we pick up on that string and we decline whatever's being offered. Has that happened to you? Has somebody offered you something and it seems like it's something you really want to receive, but there's a little voice in the back of your head going, eh, wait a minute, hold on, what's what's going on? What's the agenda? One of the little things that I have learned in my life is that if I encounter someone who's given me something and they've attached a string to it, there's an IOU attached to whatever they've given me, and they weren't clear about that IOU. And then weeks, months, years later, I get a call or an email or we connect and there's this, you owe me this favor because I did blah, blah, blah for you once upon a time. One of the more interesting things that I do to really cut down expectations around that is to say, if you would have told me at the time you were going to have this IOU attached, I wouldn't have accepted it. So, sorry, you've got to make that known going forward. If you've got a string attached to a favor, you need to let me know that I'm going to owe you a favor. That's the difference between an agreement and an expectation. If I agree to something, it's because I'm consciously making a commitment. I'm making an informed decision. That's an agreement. An agreement is totally different than an expectation. So let's get inside that teeter-totter again between motivations and expectations. Expectations. Oh, my goodness. Do the months of December, January, and February have any powder kegs of expectations in them? No. No. No, not at all. Smooth sailing all the way through December, January, and February when it comes to expectations, right? You don't have any expectations at all, right? You let them all go. <laughs> and if that's true, that's great. The reason I release expectations is because, again, going back to that analogy of a teeter-totter, if you've ever watched kids play with a teeter-totter, you got to be careful when you end the playtime on the teeter-totter. Because if one person gets off the teeter-totter a little too fast, or gets on the teeter-totter a little too fast, the person on the other end could either go flying, or they're going to land on their butt really hard. (laughs) And that's what happens with expectations, is we generally get thrown for a loop, or we land really hard with expectations. As we come to a close with the lecture portion of our class, for those who are registered, you're going to dial in and we're going to dive deeper into this, or if you're listening to this on the podcast downloads, fantastic. The call to action for week three, when you sense an imbalance beginning to happen over the long run between giving and receiving, when you begin to just have that notion that you're being Taken advantage of. If I start feeling, wait a minute, something's out of whack here, something's out of balance, the call to action is just notice whatever it is that's triggering that feeling of unbalanced. Just notice it, just track it. You don't need to put a good or bad, right or wrong judgment on it just yet. And so the call to action is with an increased imbalance, if you're becoming more aware of an increased imbalance just by becoming aware of the imbalance. This is really cool, and it works. When I become aware of an imbalance, if I just note it, I don't freak out about it, I don't get really confrontive about it, unless it's really extreme, but one of the more interesting things about my awareness, and you'll find this as you build your own awareness, is the imbalance begins to dissolve just by becoming aware of it. All right, that's it. Lecture time is done. Time to get into our conference call classroom. And in class, we're going to explore more of the information that you just experienced in this lecture. I see I have a David, a Marsha, a Rick, and a Cheryl. How about a quick shout out? Where are you calling in from? David.
1: Hey, guys, I'm David from St. Cloud,
0: Minnesota. Welcome back, David. Marsha? I am
2: Marsha from Boston, Massachusetts.
0: Fantastic. Glad to have you back, Marcia. We've got the islands on the line. Big Island. Yay, Rick and Cheryl.
3: Aloha. Rick and Cheryl here from the Big Island of Hawaii.
4: Yes, we are. Thank you.
0: And I am so delighted. Everybody so far, you're alumni of this program. We're on week three. Feel a little deja vu yet? <laughs> One year has gone by since you heard this for the first time. Mm. And tonight we're excited because I get to co-pilot with a very wise man who has shared his wit and wisdom with us for over a couple of years now. David, you signed up to co-pilot this particular week three On the balancing between giving and receiving
1: I I had this particular lesson Or this particular exercise in pay me what I'm worth in chapter 10 Was one that seriously at first blush Really set me on my ear Mm. And in exploring it A lot of cool things popped up for me That connected the dots connected in my life In a way And I'm really hoping to be able to bring some of that out For everybody tonight I'm really excited about that I love that teeter-totter way of (laughs) looking at that balance. Oh, boy, can I see it if I really teeter-totter it? Wouldn't that interesting? (laughs) Guys, I want to start this conversation off tonight with a couple of real big questions. The first thing I really want to find out, because I don't know if we actually did a top five in class together before, and so I'm just curious, of those top five things that you identified that you're motivated to do, December, January, February. We can have a volunteer, and then I want you to pass the ball, okay? What's your number one thing that you're motivated
2: to do? When I first started with Team Clarity, I was so motivated that I needed to have a change. This year, I'm motivated. I really want to have a part-time job because I have plans that I just can't wait to start. <laughs> and it takes money, so I want to get that recorded. part-time job.
3: Want
1: that. You want to get a part-time job. Okay. Yeah. That's your number one. That's, that's the number one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Now, go ahead and pass it, but as you pass it, I I want you to to yourself to be thinking of all the expectations that come with that part-time job. Okay? Okay. Go ahead and pass the ball.
2: I will pass it to Rick. (laughs)
4: All right. (laughs) Mr. Uh, Rick, come on down. (laughs) Thanks a lot. I kept thinking and thinking, what am I motivated to do? December, January, and February, a bunch of things went through my head, and then I just want to live. That's it. I mean, you guys can do what you do. My motivation is live.
1: That's to it. live. What I would attach to live would be a little different than what you would attach to live, Rick. I'll bet you they'd be very different. You wouldn't catch me on a surfboard at dawn. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I like my vertebrae in the order they're in.
4: (laughs) I live for that, David. Living. That's just living. (laughs) The biggest energy from these waves is transforming to the bone and tested our focus, our abilities, our physical prowess. We are so blessed to have massive ways in Hawaii to deal with our energies. I was going to pass it to Sol. Is he still around, or is he taking a nap? Back
0: up. <laughs> There's an expectation you. there. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Over the holidays, I think the number one thing I'm motivated is just remind myself of the importance of being grounded, especially as it seems like chaos gets more of a limelight. So being grounded to me, what that involves is making sure that any procrastination that I'm tempted to do around my meditation time, when it comes to being grounded, I also have to remind myself that yes, that extra serving of whatever would certainly taste good, but it will probably take about two hours of my sleep time away. Uh, being grounded. <laughs> That's my motivation. That's what's on my top of the list, is just being grounded during the holidays. I'm going to. Just allow that to think in and savor those thoughts. That's so, all. Savor those thoughts. And of course, I'm going to ping it back to the islands. The goddess of bread making, Cheryl.
3: Uh, the first thing that popped into my head to make some almond roca. I just am really looking forward to doing that.
4: That'll help Phil stay
0: grounded.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if he sends me his address.
0: <laughs> can you attach that in an email? Have they, have they upgraded email yet?
1: <laughs> My replicator broke. So,
0: it's- What about you, Daniel? Now, I know you can picture
1: yourself, and I know that you can jump right into the feelings that come from picturing yourself making that almond roca. I also know for a fact it's, you can imagine all the other people enjoying that with you or maybe even without you, and it's still an amazing experience for you. So just allow yourself to savor on that. <laughs> My number one actually is two things, but they both lead to the same, and that is to focus more on acceptance mm-hmm. and peace and noticing when I find myself really. At that place of acceptance and peace, and also noticing when I'm not so much, and just observing what happens in my environment just based on my own experience of acceptance or peace or lack thereof, which leads right into the next thing I'd like to do. <laughs> Before we get into that next thing, I'm just going to put it out there. We're going to be doing some noticing, okay? But we're going to be doing it in our imaginations, and we have powerful imaginations, Just because we're powerful creators. I want to really point something out that came out in our lesson tonight. We've been talking about balancing giving and receiving. And we've been talking about a belief came up. A belief came up at the very beginning of our lesson tonight. And the belief is it's better to fill in the blank.
2: Give than to receive. That's a belief. The
1: belief that. Most Western culture, we've been hauling that around since we were knee-high to a grasshopper. It was one of the first things we may have learned in grade school. It's better to give than receive. Then How in the world is it possible that I cannot give more than I receive? How in the world is that possible? And then we need to ask ourselves the question, is that belief, it's better to give than receive? Is it really true? Or... Is it mythology and something to be explored and freely examined? Just something to ponder on right there.
0: Interesting you bring that up, David, because how many different ways does society support that myth? For example, if somebody just... Totally overdoes it by being a caregiver for someone. Everybody goes, oh, my gosh, what a dedicated mother or father or brother or sister or wife or husband, right? We're something superhuman because we gave all of this extra time and energy and strength because we're caring for someone. And society adores that, doesn't it?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or pretends to adore it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Rick pretends to adore it. (laughs)
4: I tend to agree with that and I'm learning a lot from taking these classes and being a little bit more introspective and one of the things that I've learned is that anything that really comes from outside of me, myself that I really check it if it comes from inside of me and it's something that I discover myself, about myself then it's pretty good it might not be that good but it's good for me But if it's something that somebody's trying to interject in me or tell me something is going to be a certain way, I reject it. (laughs) I've proven this over and over as a fundamental principle of reality. I was diagnosed with HIV. I was diagnosed with tuberculosis. I was diagnosed with hepatitis B. I was diagnosed with hepatitis C. They came to me with all their lab tests and tried to tell me that I was this, I was that. But I rejected it because this reality is so wonderful that you can create any reality that you want. You can take someone else's thoughts, feelings, or projections and make them your own if you want. I choose not to.
0: Now you just blew up the entire merchandising, materialism world. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, That changes just a little bit, doesn't
1: it? What does a teeter-totter look like now? Kids,
0: kids, especially kids, especially during the holidays. When it comes to giving and receiving, if you're seen to be a more of a pragmatic-slash-miserly parent, the parent who gives their children underwear and pants and school supplies versus the latest Game Boy or whatever else is beeping or chiming. How does society see that? Those expectations are a bugger,
1: especially if I am perceiving them from outside of myself rather than from inside of myself.
0: So fess up, David. As a father, bringing up your kids, how many different toys did you buy because your kids pretty much made it plain and simple. They expected that toy!
1: (laughs) I gotta admit, I've got a blind spot in that history. <laughs> Re- revisit chapter four and pay me what I'm worth again, and really examine that, that 20 year section of the timeline. It's a little
0: bit more lo- close. Selective Alzheimer's. <laughs> got it. Okay, Marceau. I don't know. As far as my
2: being a parent during Christmas, honestly, I would feel awful if I could only give my kids underwear or (laughs) clothes. And when I know they want something that they want, it makes me feel joyful if I can get them what they want. I prefer that, especially because it's Christmas.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I grew up where you didn't see or hear of Christmas until maybe after Halloween, maybe. More likely, it was after Thanksgiving, now we hear about Christmas after the Fourth of July sale has finished closing. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, so we've got a good... I believe it was the fifth of July when my 19-year-old daughter unleashed the hat. Oh no! <laughs> we passed the hat. Oh no! Secret Santa. <laughs> oh no! No motivation versus expectation. There none at all. <laughs> I
2: remember as a kid, even after Christmas, we were planning for next year's Christmas already. (laughs) What we're going to give for Christmas next year (laughs) It's nonstop. And it seems like it takes forever for Christmas to come when you're a kid. But not for us, not a grown-up. It's right around the corner all the time.
0: Balance between giving and receiving. David, I'm curious... As a teacher, you've been helping people wake up for a few decades now, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Helping myself wake up and just sharing what I've learned.
0: And how uh, often now that you've got yeah. twenty twenty hindsight, this goes out to all people who are in a leadership role. How many times did you catch yourself doing what your student should be doing for themselves?
1: Oh, I ran out of fingers and toes counting the number of times. (laughs) Absolutely. And when I caught myself, I'd have a good chuckle and then make some adjustments.
0: Even as parents, every now and then, there's something you would really want your child to understand or excel at, right? Absolutely. What happens when you get to be vested in the outcome?
1: From my experience, the more vested I became in the outcome, the more unlikely that outcome was to come to fruition. (laughs) If I was able to just,
3: yeah, wouldn't that be cool?
1: And then get really hootless about it. Yeah, it's all good. He's perfect or she's perfect just the way she is. She'll she'll figure it out
3: or not, and that's great.
1: I can't wait to watch and see what happens. And then just give it three months, give it six months, and poof, it it materializes. (laughs) That just happened with my son. Last weekend, I watched my son be the giver I always knew he was. He's been on the receiver end for a long time, and that's perfect. He sensed an imbalance. I heard a story about my son doing somebody else's dishes in their kitchen when he was visiting because he could. And he asked first to buy (laughs) a But he was like, I'm not leaving until I take care of your kitchen for you. But that came out of a 19-year-old man. What? <laughs>
0: that blew me away. <laughs> A year has gone year. since you heard about this balancing between giving and receiving during the holidays. Yeah. What's your 2020 on this now, ladies and gentlemen?
2: I'm noticing that I am much more relaxed, much more in the mode of enjoying what's happening because I'm observing things rather than getting involved with it. Because I made boundaries, I'm just able to have more time for myself to be able to do what I feel like doing.
0: (laughs) So out of curiosity, Marsha, if you had this level of awareness, say, four years ago, when did you start volunteering?
2: When I first arrived in Boston. That was in 2010, by the way. When I started really understanding balance with giving and receiving, when I started to understand that in class, I cut back. I found myself in a nicer balance with being able to be of service to them
0: Mm. in a
2: different way. So that was good.
0: I remember you talking about one annual event, and you were just, the the level of stress in your voice is like, (laughs) egads. (laughs)
2: Oh, my gosh. And that's just one event.
4: (laughs) When I look back on the seasons that I worked in the hospital, I didn't really care that much for the holiday season. And everybody, they really cared about it. So my biggest joy was taking their call and working their hours during the holiday season or any time that they needed to. I felt like it really gave me a purpose. Like, these people can go home and be with their family. I don't give a damn about it. I gave and gave and gave, but I mm. So I realized the 2020 of it is now I'm ready to receive. <laughs> because I've given so much of myself for so many years, and I think I wasn't in balance. So I felt like I'm healthy. I can do surgery 70, 80 hours a week, no problem. And it was killing me. But I yeah. didn't realize it. But it gave me great joy to be able to help people, help doctors, help other health personnel, be able to have a joyous holiday.
0: At the time, Rick, Rick, you had the perspective that helping people have an enjoyable day with their family, you had the perspective that was something worth giving.
4: It was something that I could give. Mm-hmm. I knew they would appreciate it, like a little trinket or buying something from the store or something they wanted. I could actually give them time with their family. Yeah. Once you have call, you can't get out of it. You have to have a... It's serious shit now. Christmas Eve call? Christmas call? Huh. You better answer the phone. You better not be drunk.
0: So now you have the perspective of you've done your time.
4: Yeah. I have no expectations. <laughs>
3: was way out of balance, and I've been working oh, on little. it, and aware, Maybe. and everything else. I still have to work on it a lot. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> pretty imbalanced there, but definitely helping.
1: Wow. wow. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take you on a little adventure, a little something that I've discovered that helps me to find my own inner balance. I'd like to play giving and receiving against each other and see who wins. And I call this welcoming.
3: <laughs>
1: it's a technique that I learned from a gentleman named Hale Dwoskin, and it's from a book called Sedona Method. What we're gonna do is we're just gonna welcome whatever comes up on each end of those heater totter We're just gonna welcome whatever came up with a twist. And here's the twist. Remember that number one thing we've been savoring throughout this entire call? That number one thing. That you're motivated to do for the next three months. Well, go ahead and get on back into those thoughts and feelings and memories and emotions that come as they come up around that. Welcome them. Just allow it all to be here. Notice what's coming up. And then ask yourself how does all that relate to my giving? Just allow it to be here. And on the other side, what does all of that relate to my receiving and welcome all that and allow yourself to welcome giving and allow yourself to welcome receiving and welcome all of the opportunities for receiving got some thoughts and some feelings and some memories and emotions and even some beliefs around that too, welcome all of it, allow it to be here as best you can and as best you can just for right now, would it be okay to just let that all go and be?
0: And so it is. As you were sharing that, David, I was seeing this teeter-totter floating up into the air and getting longer and longer and higher until Mm -hmm. it just disappeared. (laughs) No, just dissolved, just out of sight. Friend is balance. (laughs) Exactly. I think, Cheryl, when was it that you discovered giving and receiving are the same?
3: Oh, in our class, I never gave thought to that before, that those were the same and that they balanced out and that I had really been pushing away my receiving, so I was really imbalanced in that way. It really opened my eyes on that one.
0: So just like inhaling and exhaling is known as breathing, right? Mm Yeah. It's really that simple that giving and receiving are the same. Funny that. Love that paradox. Love it, love it. Yeah. Think about how complicated, especially during the holidays, how complicated we can wrap giving and receiving up in. I have a sneaking suspicion that, Somewhere along in our timelines, in each one of us who are listening to this and playing along with this balance between giving and receiving, there's got to be a story or two where the perfectionist just went on just a rampage, especially during the holidays. Something had to be just, and it probably involved a tradition, didn't it?
1: Every time.
0: (laughs) So are you beginning to see how this series knits together step by step? We get more and more focused. In our last adventure, we talked about traditions and rituals, right? Are traditions and rituals a source of balance? (laughs) I I could feel everybody going, (laughs) whirling through their Rolodex memory. In in (laughs) most cases, no. But at the same time,
1: the deliciousness of switching it up. Boy, the way I have always been. I I want to put everything on autopilot. I want to get it all on. Oh, yeah, that's just what we do. That's just what we do. Yep, that's just how it works. It's really interesting to see how now deliberately, playfully throwing a wrench in the mix.
2: I'm just glad that I am taking this class to remind me to stay balanced, (laughs) especially during the holidays.
0: (laughs) Note to self,
1: (laughs) yes. On my notebook page tonight, just after we had finished up that balancing between giving and receiving, I drew a symbol I really love. It's the infinity symbol. And to me, what I see when I see that infinity symbol is I see a flow of giving and receiving, and giving and receiving, and ups and downs, and goods and bads, and loves and fears. And I just feel this flow and being in that flow, for me, feels like heaven. And that's what I've been experiencing tonight, Just being with you all. It feels like this is the flow. And to me, the flow is family. So thank you.
2: Thank you.
4: And I want to say this for a while, that, David, you did an amazing job at the presentation that you gave tonight was so incredible i learned so much from the way that you presented everything and how you did it was just incredible and i appreciate you volunteering to do this because i really learned some things it'll take me a while to digest it i'll have to listen to it again and grumble <laughs> a lot and then i go yup, yup. Yep. but thank you It was really good And thank you for allowing us to do something like this so we can see. David, you're shining like a new dime tonight. (laughs) Really fantastic job, David. Yeah, it's a totally different – you could tell he stepped into this role. I've never been to one of his classes. Now I want to go. Because he (laughs) stepped into this role, and he has so much experience. I already knew this before, and he has so much knowledge. 20 years of doing this stuff. Holy crap. Thank you again. (laughs)
1: That's such a blessing. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Wow. Once again, if this were a video call, you'd see my face all wrinkled up. My smile (laughs) is in a permanent ear-to-ear position. I think i got to massage my cheek because I'm getting an ache on one side. That's part of the magic I love doing with these series. And as you've become more like family, you started out as Team Seekers, and now is it fair to say that you've reached a balance with each other, that it does feel like family?
3: Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Most certainly. certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And yet you have never, to my knowledge anyway, have been in the same physical room at the same physical time.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think we know these guys better than family. Family doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> That's funny. That's right.
0: We'll wrap up with my call to action just noticing an imbalance. Just noticing it. Just having my eye on it, going, I see you. It's like a parent <laughs> who just can look at their child, and their child goes, Oh shit, they see it, right? Just that fatherly or motherly glance, they didn't have to say a word, they didn't have to do it, just that glance and the kid goes, oh, crap. Yeah. (laughs) My call to action tonight is as you all and as I even just sense an imbalance, what am I supposed to do? Notice. Just notice.
2: Be aware. So it dissolves.
0: (laughs) And that's it. How many of you want to go one step further? Fess up, David. <laughs> there is no other step. Simply noticing is really all that's necessary. I'm getting to know my family well. I just part of me thinks David goes. But after I know it, but <laughs> is that accurate, or am I just making a projection here? It's very accurate in my case. That analyzer
1: is—it's still there. Beach that film in the background, there's got to be
4: more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. <laughs> Those monk shaman guys, they're all like that. They they get you to a point, and then you, you've got a little bit of bounce in there, and then they throw their paradox or something yeah. like that in there. So I just go, huh, go ahead.
0: I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. I have no I clue.
4: Know. I talk to these other monks. They have the same modus operandi. It's interesting. I like it. Carry on, let's go. (laughs) It
0: is Occam's razor rule at its best. Occam's razor rule. What is it? Anybody know that one?
2: No, what is that?
0: (laughs) O C U M S Razor Rule. Come on, I know you know this. I'll put it in (laughs) another acronym that you all heard. K I S it.
2: Keep it simple.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> isn't just noticing something about the simplest act you can do?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: If we just stop there?
4: <laughs> yeah. It's not that simple to notice something. Depends on what it is and how much of a hard head you have. Everybody could tell you, hey, look, I don't see it. For some people to notice certain things about themselves, it's work. I'm talking about myself,
0: I don't know about you guys. Just noticing, I'm going to charge everyone listening, and, I'm, and I hold this charge myself. Just noticing it. And as much as I want to take action, as much as I want my ability to judge it right or wrong, good or bad, in or out, in time, out of time, whatever judgment I'm going to put on it, I have to stop the judge dead in its tracks. I've got to pump the brake the minute I notice something. Oh, got it. All right, just noted. So with that, I will have you just notice where you're at right now on the holidays. I hope you're enjoying the journey, and I want to thank David again, likewise, for the co-pilot role I received tonight, and I'm loving it. Thank you, David.
1: You're welcome. Thank you
0: for the opportunity. Any closing thoughts before we wrap?
2: I just want to thank you for this tonight on giving and receiving. David, you did such a fantastic job, and thank you so much for this show, especially during the holidays. It
3: really helps to keep me in a jolly mood. (laughs) Yep, I've been really enjoying it, too, and thank you, David. You did a great job.
4: The whole course has helped me have more balance during the holidays and I really appreciate all the work that's gone into this course and it's helped me a lot so thank you.
0: Mahalo Nui Loa everybody. I wish everyone a lovely evening or day depending on when you're listening. All right that's it. I look forward to seeing you in class. Aloha. Are you suffering from worth decay? Here's how you know you might be suffering from worth decay. If you think or feel worthless because of your age, health, finances, or your looks, guess what? You're suffering from worth decay. For those who really want to end worth decay, you'll call and register to be part of our unique self-paced program. Call 312-268-0000 to learn more about this program.